My name is John Cullen, and I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and curling. It's the story of Broomgate, how a single broom, yes, a broom, turned friends into foes and almost killed the 500-year-old sport of curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate, available now. You're listening to a Frequency Podcast Network production. It's a familiar complaint. It is perhaps the most familiar complaint in the history of Alberta-Ottawa relations. Since the inception of the CPP, Albertans have been paying much more into it than they've gotten back during that same time. About $60 billion more. In this case, Alberta Premier Danielle Smith is referring to the Canada Pension Plan. It's a plan she wants to leave in order to create a new plan, the Alberta Pension Plan. And along the way, she wants to take out more than half the money the Canada Pension Plan has. That would be money that's earmarked for the pensions of all Canadians, from B.C. to Newfoundland and everywhere in between. Now, obviously... If this happens, it would be extremely bad news for everywhere except Alberta. But Smith will put it to a referendum. And if Albertans choose to go forward, she'll begin the process of exiting from the Canada plan and taking a lot of money with her. Now, would Alberta actually be able to take that much money? How much are they likely to get? Is it a good idea for the province to create their own new pension plan when the Canada one is already regarded as one of the best in the world. And even if Smith doesn't get as much as she claims she will, what would Alberta's exit do to the rest of this plan that you and I and everyone will rely on when we retire? I'm Jordan Heath-Rawlings. This is The Big Story. Graham Thompson is a former political columnist for the Edmonton Journal. He is now a political commentator for CBC, for The Star, for Alberta Views Magazine, and today for us. Hi, Graham. Hi, Jordan. Thanks for joining us today. My pleasure. The first thing I want to ask you for is maybe, because uh, some of this is kind of wonky, uh, for a little bit of an explainer. What is the Canada Pension Plan? Who runs it? How is it funded? Just, you know, bring us up to speed. Okay, so quickly, this is the um, thumbnail sketch. Canada Pension Plan, is, it's a crown corporation, but it runs independently. The government does not control it. The federal government does not give it orders on how to invest things. It's a crown corporation, but runs very independently. Now, the CPP was set up back in 1966. Back then, there was a feeling that uh, senior Canadians were ending up in poverty. They thought, let's find some way of making sure that Canadians um, have some money when they retire. So they set this up so... Everybody in Canada who works uh, over 18 has to contribute into the the fund. And so it's not funded by federal tax dollars. It is funded by contributions from workers, from employers, employees, and a self-employed. I think right now, uh, the maximum that you pay each year as a working Canadian is about $3,700. If you're a a worker, same with uh, an employer, and also self-employed, you're Paying trying to double that, 7500 So that money goes into a big pot. There's also an investment arm of the CPP Investments Board. They invest a lot of money. So 
Right now, the fund is $575 billion. It mm. is huge. It's one of the biggest wealth management funds in the entire world. It's done really well. So it has been set up by the provinces and the federal government 60 years ago to try and give money back to Canadians when they retire. You put the money in when you retire, at 65 or 60, you get a, a less amount, but at 65, you retire, you get that money back in benefits for the rest of your life. Has this been contentious before in the way we're about to talk about? Because I know anytime money flows from provinces to a federal entity, uh, <laughs> controlled know. by the government or not, it, it can get that way. Oh, absolutely. thing is, in the 1990s, they realized, hey, this fund is not sustainable. This is going to be a problem. So then they rejigged it and got more money put into it. They also set up the actual investment board to deal with this and start investing money. That's the thing. It wasn't just contributions. They're actually investing money. And the CPP Investment Board has, has over 1,000 employees. They have offices, offices around the world because they invest around the world. And right now, of that $575 billion, 80% of it is from investment income. It's not from the contributions from workers and employers. It's actually investment income. So that's an important issue to keep in mind as we talk about you know, what is Alberta owed as we get into this. But yeah, listen, in the past, you've had problems. Ontario, a number of years ago, was looking at its own pension plan, sort of an Ontario pension plan to run in conjunction with the CPP. But what happened is they rejigged everything at 2016 Ontario backed away from that because the sense was, are we getting enough money? Will this be sustainable? So they rejig things around in 2016. We're going to tell the details, but it does mean that now there's actually two things. There's the base CPP and the additional CPP. The additional CPP is the part that's uh, fully funded. Um, that's to help young workers in the future. The base CPP is not fully funded but it is deemed to be sustainable. Uh, we have a chief actuary of Canada that looked at this and said, yes, the fund is uh, sustainable for another 75 years. That was going to be my next question is, you know, we got a ton of boomers retiring, but the money's there. The money, the money is there. And hey, 75 more years, <laughs> the money is there at least. Uh, imagine they'll be rejigging it in the future. But yeah, the, the big issue wasn't so much the boomers. That was an issue a number of years ago, but the issue is boomers, getting older, they're retiring, a lot of retirees, young workforce, is it big enough? Right. The issue is when these young people get old and they retire, then will there be money there? So they've looked at that. You know, we don't really think of Canada in some ways being a major, you know, financial uh, power on the planet. You know, we're a wealthy country, but quite small compared to others. But it comes to wealth funds. Uh, the CPP is uh, a giant. In 2013, the CPP assets 10 years ago were $183 billion. The assets now are $575 billion. That's wow. almost $400 billion more in the last 10 years. It has made a lot of money. And these aren't just you know, the contributions. That's nice. Po population's growing. It's the investments. It's been called the best wealth management fund investment um, record in the in the world for the last 10 years. So it's doing really well. Okay. That is great context. I know uh, people who are listening, thank you for sticking with us. It's important to understand this wonky stuff because, and here's where we get to the fireworks uh, this week, 
That's a big Canadian success story. What does Alberta Premier Danielle Smith want to do with it? She wants to take 53% of the assets. Depends on how you actually do the math, but $334 billion, so more than half the assets. Says, look, Alberta's entitled to this. We're going to take half the assets, run our own really wealthy Alberta pension fund. She has to have the Albertans buy into this. So what's going to happen is she's has this plan and there'll be public engagement uh, this fall, next spring, there'll be a report from that panel running the uh, public engagement be given to her and then she'll gauge, hmm, I guess enough Albertans like this, so we'll have a referendum. And a referendum could be held in 2025, we think, if it moves ahead. And if that's the case, then she'll say, yeah, you know, it's time for us to move. And then we'll have our own pension plan moving into the future. So that's, it all sounds so, you know, with all this money, it sounds so neat and tidy and let's just push the button and go. But of course, it is not going to be that easy or tidy. Why would she want to do this given that the CPP is so successful? Well, so first of all, there's a lot of money in the fund, as I mentioned, right? Provinces would love to get their hands on that, even though it's not their money, it's workers' money. It's also um, something that she has promised in the past during the UCP leadership race, when she won that leadership race last year to become leader of the United Conservative Party and then become premier and then win the election this year. But also, she's been pushing this for 20 years in 2003. Smith was a columnist for the Calgary Herald and wrote a column saying not only does Alberta have the constitutional right to do this, it has an obligation to do this. And the feeling is the right-wing base in Alberta really thinks of, in terms of Alberta should be doing more things on its own. They don't like the federal government, especially when there's a liberal in charge. So she's made a promise to her conservative base that she will at least push for an Alberta pension plan. Interestingly enough, though, uh, Jordan, during the election last May, the provincial election, she went silent on this idea because she knows as public opinion polls, several, many, have shown that most Albertans, like 60% of Albertans, do not want to lead the Canada Pension Plan. 30% do, another 10% don't really know. But she went silent on that and saying during the election campaign, look, I have many other issues to deal with and programs and policies to discuss. I'll leave the pension plan till later. She did not want the election campaign to turn into a referendum on setting up an Alberta plan of its own because it was so unpopular. But now she's brought it back. So she likes the idea. She's a libertarian populist who likes this idea of keeping our money in Alberta away from the federal government, even though it's not federal government money. There's still this narrative pushed by Smith and others that Ottawa is unfair to Alberta. And here's this big pension plan that's got it away from Ottawa, when again, it is Canadians' money, not her money, not even the province's money. It's the working people in Alberta's money. But also, it it uh, could just be part of her, um, maybe some negotiations. You know, she's asking for so much money, maybe she'll get less and still move ahead with the pension plan. At the very least, though, Jordan, she, she can say that she has fought for this. Even if it fails, she can tell her base, I have fought for this. Right. And let's leave aside the money and the dollar amounts, for because we're going to talk about that in a sec. She says that she can do this constitutionally. Do we know if she can? Has this been tested before? Um, you mentioned Ontario was thinking of setting up its own pension plan. Is there a method in place by which a province would leave the CPP and create its own? Yes, they can actually leave and set up their own pension plan. It's pretty simple in a sense. All you got to do is um, 
they've written a three years warning, saying we're going to do this in three years, we'll be out, and then um, provide proof that you're going to have a pension plan comparable to the CPP. The federal government will be the one deciding, okay, fine, it's, it's good. So that it hasn't been tested before, but that is pretty clear. Experts say they can do that. So yes, Alberta can legally step out and go on its own. The question then becomes, what about the assets? How do you d- divide the assets? That is untested. My name is John Cullen, and I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and curling. It's the story of Broomgate, how a single broom, yes, a broom, turned friends into foes and almost killed the 500-year-old sport of curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate, available now. Why would Smith think that Alberta is due more than half of the money in this fund? This is based on a report they commissioned. It was actually commissioned by um, Jason Kenney, the previous premier of Alberta back in 2020. It was a company called LifeWorks did a study. It was supposed to be released in 2021, but it didn't appear last year. It didn't appear during the election, even though we're supposed to be getting it in May. It appears, of course, now this is a very rosy interpretation, (laughs) call it that, of the CPP Act. This is a report saying, hey, Alberta could do this, and they have alternate interpretations. And they use that term, alternate interpretations of the CPP Act, that will give Alberta $334 billion, 53% of the assets as of January 1st, 2027, for example, Alberta could get $5 billion in the first year alone going on a loan, and that money could be used to give seniors $10,000 each, a lump sum. It means that workers will be paying $1,425 less a year into the pension. So all these numbers look really glowing. Wow, sure. this is interesting. So, so that is what she's saying is like, yes, we can do this. Here's the numbers. It's an entire government webpage and an ad campaign. It's really a sales campaign to promote this. The thing is, then you have experts like the CPP Investment Board. I'm going to say the, the board itself normally is very quiet. It doesn't like talking to the media because you know, it just does its own thing. But it's come out and said, whoa, hold on for a second. These numbers in that report are basically fictitious. They're based on alternate interpretations of the CPP Act. <laughs> and also, there's no way you can just simply say, I want half the money in the fund, please, and thank you very much. Here's a quote from um, Michelle LeDuc. He speaks for the investment board that runs the CPP quickly. He says, any idea of a withdrawal from the CPP would be complex, fiercely disputed, involve political posturing, and would result in risk for Albertans for years to come. So what would happen is even though Alberta could leave, it'd be the province's federal government then figuring out how much does Alberta get. But you can imagine no one's going to say, yeah, give them more than half the pot. The thing is, if you had Ontario and and BC both using the same formula, you'd have no money left in the CPP. You'd have three provinces saying, we're owed more than all the money in the fund today. (laughs) So the divvying up of the money is going to be really messy. We'll likely end up in the Supreme Court of Canada. And Smith is saying, yeah, fine, let's go that way. She's making it sound really easy. You know, we'll get our money, don't worry. 
other numbers, like they're saying $334 billion, according to uh, this report, and the Alberta government has embraced it. According to the CPP Investment Board, they're figuring more like $90 billion, like 16%, not 53%. Trevor Toome, really well-known, well-respected uh, economist in Calgary, and he's been studying this in great detail. He had his own report out last week, the same day the government put out its um, LifeWorks uh, report and its proposals. He said Alberta might get $120 billion, but he has looked at it and said the risks are so great. We have a much smaller pool of resources. The CPP invests oh, this huge fund around the world at shared risk by Canadians across the country, except for Quebec. Whereas Alberta will have a much smaller uh, risk pool, if you can put it that way, and be, and be more vulnerable to um, ups and downs in the economy. Right. Uh, another thing that's making people nervous is that Smith was asked, has been asked about, would the government of Alberta be involved in the investments? And she has said that hasn't been decided yet. That's a huge red flag because the federal government in no way influences the CPP investment board. It does its own thing, invests around the world. And here you've got Smith you know, leaving open the door, perhaps, to having the Alberta government uh, stick its fingers in at an Alberta pension plan, telling it where it can and cannot uh, invest. And of course, you've got a lot of people in Alberta, especially the conservatives, uh, worried about what's happening with oil and gas, you know, um, investments in that. So it's not a great stretch to imagine an Alberta government sticking its fingers into an Alberta pension plan, telling the directors of that plan, hey, let's do some more investments in uh, Alberta oil and gas. Right. That's a major red flag as well. It's making people nervous. What would happen to the Canadian pension plan if Alberta left? Like, is this plan vulnerable to the departure of one province, a, a high-income province? Um, what are the ramifications for the rest of Canada based on what Alberta chooses to do? Yeah, this is a really good question. Now, according, to, again, to this LifeWorks proposal, a report, rather, is saying, hey, you know, this may mean um, be less money in the fund, obviously, so Canadians would be asked then to pay about $175 more a year and be fine. Hmm. So in other words, this report, the assumptions are, it's going to be wonderful for Alberta, two thumbs up, tons of money. Rest of Canada, hey, don't worry about it. You'll be paying a bit more per year, but hey, everything will be fine. That does not sound realistic when you take out over half of the assets for a province that has about 12% of the people. And the thing here is that Alberta keeps saying it's entitled to that money because Alberta's been paying too much in and getting too little out. That's a complete misrepresentation of the facts. The thing is, workers, individuals put money in over their, their lifetime, wherever they work in Canada, and they get money out when they retire. This is just workers putting in and workers taking out. So this idea that we've been paying too much in, too much out, that comes from looking at it, our, our population in Alberta is quite young. So they've been paying in, and relatively few have been taking money out. And so that government, the government's saying, well, that's over-contributions. Well, that's not how the system works. But anyway, uh, getting back to your question, yes, this would be a major problem for the rest of the country. If this fantasy was to come true, and we saw Alberta take out more than half, be a major problem with the CPP. But another question, maybe more realistic question, would be if Alberta does go it alone. And the thing is, people will be asked to vote on this in Alberta in a referendum before they know all the details. It's much like Brexit. Really complicated issue. Uh, emotional um, appeals to people. They vote for Brexit and then realize after the fact it's a disaster. This could be the problem for Alberta. But let, let's say they did 
go out for you know, that $100 billion, not $334 billion, that wouldn't be as big a hit to the rest of the country. But Alberta has got a plan relying on $334 billion. Maybe Smith at some levels knows that isn't going to work, but you can still, at the end of the day, say, look, I tried. Uh, one of my last questions here, and this is like, it's, it's a fascinating thought experiment. Um, it's worrying that this could happen and, and potentially hurt both Alberta and the rest of Canada. How much of this is something to tangibly be concerned about and how much of this is the sort of Alberta versus Ottawa political posturing that uh, Alberta conservatives love? <laughs> but you're right. The latter part of that, yes, this is very much part of this more Alberta, less Ottawa. In fact, they use that term. It's been a slogan around for a while in Alberta, but they actually use that in bold print on their webpage regarding the pension plan. So yes, and Smith has made a real effort to push back against Ottawa. Look at the Sovereignty Act. She brought forward this idea during the leadership race for the UCP. And she said the Sovereignty Act would basically allow Alberta to ignore federal laws, federal regulations. It's crazy, but she was pushing this, and that helped her become leader of the UCP and, and, of course, become premier. But she realized that Albertans didn't like it. You know, they don't mind a premier pushing back against Ottawa, but the Sovereignty Act sounded a lot like separating from the rest of the country. So she changed it to the Alberta Sovereignty Within a United Canada Act to make it sound less like a separatist screed. But this, this is her mindset. Let's get away from Ottawa as much as possible, be more like Quebec. She gets these ideas. And it's not always based on the reality of the moment. It's based very much on her own interpretation of the world. She's a populist libertarian. She's very articulate, very charismatic. And this is her playing to an audience, playing to a base. This mm -hmm. is also what she believes in. And this pension plan falls within that idea that we can do better things in Alberta just left alone from the federal government. The problem she's going to have is that people don't like the idea. It's just to try and convince them. That's what's happening right now. This whole campaign is a sales campaign to try and convince people based on that LifeWorks report that this is a good idea and let's push ahead with it. And the rest of the country should be concerned because at the very least, this could end up in the courts. It could, Trevor Toome says, it could you know, affect confederation. As well. Wow. And again, this is not Alberta pitting Alberta against Ottawa or Smith against Trudeau. This is very much money that Canadians have paid in. They'll be pitting, in a sense, Canadian workers against Alberta workers. And that's not going to be good for the country. Graham, thank you so much for this. And I guess the next step is we wait for the referendum and see if, uh, if Smith can get the province behind her. Well, what we wait for is this report in May of next year to see if they will have a referendum. So they're doing it one step at a time. This is her saying, look, it's all about democracy. So she is making a sales pitch, but at the same time saying, okay, Albertans, I want to hear you. And the thing is, right now, we don't know what that threshold will be. When they do these public town hall meetings and have a report back in May, what will the threshold be that she wants to push ahead with a referendum? We don't know that answer to that question either. Graham, thanks again. Um, complicated issue. I understand it a lot better than I did yesterday. You're very welcome. It's been my pleasure. Graham Thompson. And that was The Big Story. For more, you can head to thebigstorypodcast.ca. You can always get in touch with us. We love to hear from listeners with story ideas or comments or questions or complaints. The place to do that is on Twitter at thebigstoryfpn, via email, hello at thebigstorypodcast.ca. And 
by phone. If you want to call us up and leave a voicemail, 416-935-5935. Everywhere you listen to podcasts, you can find The Big Story. If you like to do it via smart speaker, all you got to do is ask yours to play The Big Story podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm Jordan Heath-Rawlings. We'll talk tomorrow. My name is John Cullen, and I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and curling. It's the story of Broomgate, how a single broom, yes, a broom, turned friends into foes and almost killed the 500-year-old sport of curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate, available now.